Hey, welcome back to another episode of Salty Saints Podcast. I'm Zach. Hi, Brandy. And we are talking about Jesus. What yeah. a surprise. Yeah, yeah. Have well, we ever talked about Jesus before? <laughs> In Spanish, uh, they, they always say, como para variar. Uh, so, like, just to be different, let's talk about Jesus. <laughs> you I like that. mentioned something that... You've just always done. We have talked a lot about Jesus, but it's important. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. You want to? You might move in a little bit on that mic. I wonder Still if somebody. More? Okay. Uh, I wonder if they had somebody in that's much quieter than you. They may. We are not the only people that use this podcasting We're not. room, We're and not. so occasionally settings will drift just a hair. So if we're ever a little quieter or a little louder, we do apologize. So you can look around all of the podcasts that you know and look for the same background. Yeah, exactly. Figure out who else is here. Yeah. <laughs> just just a quick hint. It rhymes with Joe Rogan. No, that's not. <laughs> That'd be wild. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so today we're talking about Jesus. Um, but more specifically, we are talking about Jesus in other religions? Well, yeah, we're talking about how what people think about Jesus. Yeah, as gr- as as groups of people. As groups of people. Yeah. Other religions. What do other religions say about Jesus? Sure. And ultimately, you know, the question behind the question is, why do we think we're right? And the other question is, what is a Christian and what isn't a Christian? Right. Because there right. Are some there's some groups that I think a lot of believers um, just don't know a whole lot about. And yeah. so we assume that they are also Christians. Right. But when it comes down to what they believe about Jesus, it's totally different. And that's really the criteria. That's what sets true Christians apart. Right. I mean, th- there has been a standard for 2,000 years of, I mean, th- of an orthodoxy for the church. Yeah. That, yeah. that we can all pretty well line together on, uh, or like at least the majority of us can all band together and say, these are the truths of right, Scripture. Right, right, We have differences outside of those core truths, but right. those aren't contingent on our salvation. And contrary to what some would say, uh, the reason we say that is because Scripture says that. Yeah, this is not an us thing. Paul, Paul's pretty hard on right, this. Right, right. Peter, we were reading Acts yesterday. Peter is very adamant right. about this. Right. You got to get it right. You got to get the core of it right. Right. That's important. Um, going back to uh, C.S. Lewis, we had a podcast about C.S. Lewis, so three, four months ago. One of the things that he said was... Uh, talking about what you believe about Jesus is that you can't say Jesus was just a good moral teacher. Yeah, it doesn't quite work, right? If if you're going to accept what he says in Scripture as factual, then you take the totality of what he says, including very clear um, uh, depictions that Jesus is saying, I am God. So you can't just call him a good moral teacher because a good moral teacher doesn't say, I'm God. I am God. Either he is a charlatan, he's, he's a scam artist who's in it 
to uh, get something out of it and it went horribly wrong and they crucified him. Or he is who he says he is. I mean, I guess you could go down the, you know, he's crazy route. He's, yeah, you know, but he's... then you've got all of the incredibly wise things that he says. Right. But a crazy person doesn't say that. So. Right. But that's just it, though, is like right. either you take the whole package and it's all right or it's all not. And there really is no gray area here. That's right. Yeah. So um, you, you kind of wanted to start yeah, us out I... with something. <sighs> We're looking, and obviously we're going to end up talking about other religions that exist today, uh, other 21st century religions. But this is not a 21st or even a 20th or even a 19th century phenomena. All the way back in the first century, they were trying to figure out how to make sense of the fact that the majority of Christians in the first century had been raised... Uh, in the Jewish faith, yeah. and they believe that there is one God, and they still believe that. But somehow there is a father who is God, and now a son who is God, and he talks about a Holy Spirit who is God. Um, so early on you get uh, a lot of uh, controversy, even heresies uh, that <clears throat> try to make sense of Jesus' divinity and Jesus' humanity. What it boils down to is there are kind of three roads that you can walk down. Do what you got to do, man. I feel it. Yeah. It's only when you have to start talking into a mm -hmm. microphone that your voice just decides that it's not going to cooperate. Just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Closes up, and that's all she wrote. Um, some of the heresies, first century through about the fifth century, denied that Jesus was truly God or diminished his Godhead. A lot of them said, well, he was a God, he was divine, but he's a created being. God the Father really existed. God the Father is really God, and uh, he made Jesus then, who is also a God, but kind of a lesser God. Or they denied Jesus' humanity, uh, frequently by saying Jesus didn't really die on the cross. That's Gnosticism, right? Um Gnosticism is one that says it, but... Uh, Let's see here. It is Arianism. Okay. Uh, uh, Docetism and then later Arianism that denies his humanity. And a third path they took was to deny his uniqueness. Yeah, he's God um, and he's also man. We can be too. Uh, mm -hmm. We can, uh, and this is kind of Gnosticism. We elevate our understanding to a plane where we also become God, even though we're human. Right, you got to strip yourself of the flesh. Kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I was thinking that's what right. you were saying. Okay, I yeah, got you. Yeah. Now, there is one interesting twist on that. That was in the second century. A fellow by the name of Marcion and all of his followers, the Martians. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Marcionites. 
Every every time I think of his name, I think of the little yeah, little Martian on Bugs Bunny. Martin, Martin, right? Martin the Martian. Yeah, yeah. Is it walks Martin? around with his Working with his ray gun oh, right now. That's that's horrible. Where my mind goes. Do but. what you got to do. I'm getting so Martian actually said, "Oh no, no, no! Jesus is fully God. It's the God of the Old Testament that is a lesser God. He was a demigod, and he was nasty and evil and." So we just throw out the Old Testament. Marcion becomes important because Marcion is the first uh, person to name a canon of the New Testament. And he does that because he rejects certain books. Mm. Like Luke, like most of Paul. Uh, uh, He does like um, Corinthians and Galatians. But he doesn't like the rest of Paul because Paul quotes the Old Testament heavily. For some reason, he doesn't think in Galatians that he's quoting Old Testament, even though he does. But hmm. And so on and so forth. So those are just kind of three approaches. What we see is that even today in uh, other religions, in, in cults uh, that pretend to be Christian, or other religions that don't even try to be uh, uh, Christian, you get those who deny Jesus' deity or those who deny his humanity or those who deny his uniqueness. Um, okay, a couple things I need to state here. Okay. First of all, it's Marvin the Martian. Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> so, so sorry to Crucial any of you fans point. out there that we've Crucial just really point. let down today. <laughs> Secondly, um, you said pretend to be Christianity, which I don't think is wrong. At the core level. With that said, um, I really do – I don't think the followers of these religions we're talking about think they are pretending to be Christian. I think you're They think right. they are yeah. Christian Yeah, a lot of the time. A and they're simply it, believing what is being told exactly, to them. Exactly, because they have no true knowledge of biblical text themselves. They're going solely off of what they have been told. Um and that's that's where a lot of this problem comes from. Um, but we got a lot of different groups to talk about today, some of which you're going to go, oh, yeah, I knew that those weren't right, Christian right, organizations. Right. Others you might go, oh, I did not know that. Um, some of these kind of caught me off guard um, when I originally learned about them. I, I, loved, I love learning about uh, where kind of like the lines are drawn as far as denominations go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because that's important. It is important. It is. Um, you you got to know. You got to know when people are on it and when they're not. I guess. And you know, I we should probably state right up front that we are not trying to judge or condemn anybody. We're trying to describe some realities so that near the end of the podcast, we'll come back and talk about just how important what we believe about Jesus truly is. And and let's say this too. I mean. This is this is partially an apologetics podcast. Yep. Um, part of this podcast is to equip you to know what is biblical, what is not biblical, and so what what for a lot of these that we're going to talk about, it's going to boil down to is they don't know the truth about Jesus Christ. They don't know the truth of what Scripture says, and so we we need to be able to differentiate that so we don't think, oh yeah, they're on the same page as us because they're not. And then secondly, we need to love those people 
and we need to want to tell them the truth about Christ and what Scripture says to bring them into the fold. Um, right. Because a lot of it just boils down to misinformation, and, and they've been lied to, a lot of these people. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we don't look down on them. We don't think less of them. We just know that it's not the truth, and that's why we want to talk about it and hash it out. Um, starting from the top, though, I think the most logical first step is the Jews. Okay. Judaism. So Judaism. Um, I really didn't write a lot here. It, it, this one's pretty straightforward. Um we share the same Old Testament as the Jews. We worship the same Father. It's the same Father God, right? Um, the problem is the Jews have not accepted the full revelation of God. They have not accepted that God revealed himself in the man of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is the second person of the Godhead. They don't um, – they don't – maybe. Maybe on some level they kind of have an understanding that God can present himself in multiple ways because they did believe that the angel of the Lord was God, did they not? But they didn't believe that Jesus Christ was the son of God, that he was right. the true right. living son of God. And scripture tells us that by no other name we're saved. It's through Jesus Christ that we're saved. Right. Right. And so the fact that the Jews reject Jesus means they are in danger of hell, and we need to understand that. And when we say that they reject Jesus, what, what, what we're ultimately saying is that they reject him as Messiah. Right. The Messiah who came actually for them. Right. Um, understanding that, that that is the same God that they have been worshiping all along came to save them, and they didn't accept him when he came. That sounds vaguely biblical. Yeah, yeah, odd, right? <laughs> um with that said, I, I guess it, we we kind of have to address the fact that, yes, they're worshiping the same father, but the way they would describe that father is completely different than the way we would describe that father. Um, they have not fully experienced him or or chosen to experience him. Uh, scripture tells us that everyone knows God in their hearts, but they reject him, right? right. Um, I think that's what's happening here. They they, they didn't want the – like the way God chose to present himself was not what they were expecting, and therefore they rejected it. They wanted a, they wanted a warlord. They wanted a king. They wanted somebody that was going to come and just totally flip the script and make everything right, and he was just going to rule with an iron fist, and they got this humble servant. Right. Um, and – there are some messianic prophecies in the Old Testament that present that warlord, that iron fist, that all nations will be brought under submission to him. But you also get the passages that says that he came to suffer, he came to die. Yeah. By his stripes we are healed. Um, yeah, and, and I would argue that Jesus has done all those things and is doing and will continue to do all those things, um, just not in the way... Right. That was expected. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we, we look at Jews as – we don't have a negative relationship with the Jewish people at all, um, at least as far as like there's no like hate or like right. – America has always favored Israel. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. And so there's not a weird relationship there. Um, and I so I think that makes it harder for us to go, oh, wait, they don't – they don't think like us. Right. 
we we should probably recognize that there are a number of messianic congregations. Uh, messianic yes. Judaism, yes, uh, are people who are culturally Jews. Uh, Good point. And understand and accept Jesus as their yes. Messiah. See, that's the hard thing about Judaism. Um, I'm speaking strictly from a religious right. standpoint. Right. Right. Judaism is a religion and a culture. It is a group of yeah. people as well as a religion, and so that does make it hard to di- differentiate. Um, there are a lot of cultural Jews that do believe that Jesus Christ is the there Son are. of God. There are. Uh, I just talked to one this week, actually. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but like it's uh, – th- and they are brothers and sisters in Christ. They are saved yes, they are. because they have accepted God's full revelation. Um, it's those that have denied that full revelation yeah, that we're talking yeah. about. One of the most interesting services I, I – uh, in a prior life, I uh, directed uh, – uh, uh, missions uh, with uh, One Mission Society, and I had a chance to go to Israel, and I went to a Messianic congregation there. It was one of the most interesting services I've ever been in. Um, very simple, uh, but but the thing that got me, I was standing at the back of the church looking at a shelf. On the shelf, they had Bibles for their congregants. And there must have been 20 different languages of Bibles. Wow. And I asked afterwards, I asked the guy that I was there uh, visiting, and he said, well, so many of our people come from all over the world. They have made Aliyah. Uh, They've come back to Israel to live here in Israel, but they are Christian. So there was Russian, there was Portuguese, Spanish, there was... Uh, of course, uh, Hebrew Bibles. There were English Bibles, and uh, you name it, it was there. That's it was cool. incredible, and uh, part of it was uh, kind of in anticipation. They had Bibles for languages that weren't there yet because they were coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. It is. It is. Like it that. was so neat. Hey, you got to be careful though, joking about prior lives. Yeah. Because uh, that's going to get a little messy here shortly. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> that's yeah. that's going to become a, a, a speaking point. So mm-hmm. um, Judaism, right? Yeah. We often think of Christianity, Judaism, and Islam as kind right. of the three Abrahamic religions. Right. So are we going to Islam? We're going next? to Islam. Okay. That's a big one, right? Yeah. Islam. Uh, you did some reading on this. Do you want to kind of... You know, uh, what I did is I I found a uh, – I, I went to an Islamic website mm-hmm. and uh, uh, looked up what it says they believe about Jesus. Now, this is not what somebody says they believe, but this is actually an Islamic website. I think it's the Muslim Post or something like that. But um, – on Jesus' origin, Jesus lived about 2,000 years ago in ancient Palestine when the Roman Empire was at its zenith. He was not conceived in the usual way, but he was implanted in the womb of a young woman named Mary. Almighty God's simple command, be, and he was. In this sense, he was a word of Almighty God. And a special sign for humanity. Uh, he was the last in a long line of religious guys sent to the Jews. Okay. Arianism. That's that's going back to that first century. Uh, 
Jesus was created. Yeah. He didn't pre-exist. God called him into being. So Jesus' divinity is uh, denied or at least diminished. It's denied. Yeah. We'll get, I'll get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, so starting off, uh, they start off from a different point that we would start. Okay. What did you find? Um, I've just got a little portion here. Uh, uh, all my information that I'm pulling from uh, is coming from the popular Encyclopedia of Apologetics by Ed Henson and Ergen Kainer. I don't know who either of you are, but I really appreciate this book. It's been very helpful. Neat. Um, and so um, I just kind of pulled some some things here and there um, and kind of formed my own little paragraphs here. But Islam teaches that it was brought about through the prophet Muhammad uh, when he had an encounter with the angel Gabriel who uh, gave him a revelation from Allah or God. Uh, he said that all the world's religions were corrupt and that Muhammad was to be the final prophet restoring people to Allah. Muslims believe that they are uh, the sons of Ishmael, the older son of Abraham. They believe that it was Ishmael offered as a sacrifice and not Isaac, making the Holy Land the rightful property of the Muslim people, right? So that's where our differences kind of come from. Um, So Islam uh, views Jesus as a beloved prophet, but they do deny his deity and saving grace. Um, they actually claim that Jesus declared his own humanity from the crib as a baby in Surah 5. Uh, the, the the Quran is actually broken up into Surahs, right? Right. And so um, in Surah 5, he, he, he declares his humanity um, from the crib as a baby. He denies his divinity in Surah 19, and he prophesies the coming of Muhammad in Surah 61. Uh, they don't claim Christianity and Judaism as sister religions. They actually um, look at them as um, blasphemous adaptations and twistings of the truth, which is why they believe Gabriel actually spoke to okay. uh, Muhammad in the first place because they uh, all religion had become corrupt is okay. their claim. Okay. Um, and so they actually believe the sixth circle of Jahannam or hell – is uh, reserved for Christians and Jews that did not convert to Islam. Wow. And so we've got our own circle of hell, baby. Wow. Um, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting. All this came about about 600 A.D., uh, 550, 600 A.D., somewhere yep. in there. Yep. And um, and then the Quran didn't actually come about until, like, what, a thousand years later? Roughly. Really? Yeah. Wow. Quran's only been around for, like, six, seven hundred years, something like that. Wow. I didn't know that. Okay. I'll look. I'll look that up. Yeah. I don't want. I don't want to okay. just make that claim. But. So I have that passage that uh, uh, they quote there. Uh, the context is that uh, when the ga- Mary, when the ga- when the angel Gabriel came to Mary and said God was going to put a a prophet in her, uh, she actually gave birth on the spot. She carried the baby back home with her, and her family looked at her and accused her of being. Unfaithful, accused her of of playing around. Um, Mary defended herself, and nobody believed her. So Mary looked at the newborn baby, and the newborn baby said very clearly, I am a servant of Almighty God. He has given me scripture. 
and has made me a prophet. He has blessed me wherever I may be and has made prayer and charity my duty as long as I live. So a newborn baby speaks and uh, definitely does identify himself as human. I'm a prophet. I'm, I'm the servant of the Lord. Um, also on this site that I looked at, they very definitely deny Jesus' death on the cross. They say that although uh, the Romans abused Jesus, he never renounced his faith in the one almighty God. So in their anger, they planned to crucify him, but Jesus slipped from their grip at the last moment. All the while, they thought they had succeeded. They were sure they had killed him, but Almighty God answered Jesus' prayer and saved him from their, from their schemes. Confusion overtook the mob, and they killed the man who betrayed Jesus instead. So they crucified Judas on the cross thinking it was Jesus. Then they do go on and say, we believe the gospel, the Injil, uh, Arabic word for gospel. Mm -hmm. We believe what Jesus said, but what Paul, Peter, what the rest of the New Testament writers did was corrupt what was said. Um, they were soon besieged and overtaken by a flood of Roman and Greek influences, which eventually so buried and distorted the message of Jesus that only a little of its truth now remains. Strange doctrines of Jesus being a man-god, of God dying, of saint worship, and of God being made up of different parts came into vogue and were accepted by many of those who took the name Christian centuries after Jesus. So, real quick, um, I was wrong. That it, the, the Quran has been around since about 700 AD. Okay. I got that wrong. I don't okay. know where I was pulling that number from. Um, but it's so interesting, right? Like, they don't even believe he was crucified. I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, that That's one thing that I don't think many people would dispute. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just at every corner, it's just denying the deity, denying yeah. the deity, denying yeah. the deity. Um, but then also to say they believe the gospel, well, how do you even know what it is then? If you don't believe anybody that wrote it. It's revealed to them in the Quran. <laughs> the Quran quotes the gospel, and that's the gospel that they believe. So there's actually parts of the Quran, though, that say that to— quote Jesus. Well, no, that, that say, like, believe in all the scriptures, yeah. right? Yeah. But then turn around. It's it's almost like if you read the Quran, it's like at first Muhammad's relationship with the Jews is fine, and then it's not. Uh, historically, that was true. At first, he was very friendly with uh, Jewish neighbors. He even called them cousins. And then towards the end of his life, he was killing them. Yeah. And so you, you've got this this big shift that you, you can really kind of see throughout the Quran yeah. where it, it seems like at first, oh, you know, it's not so bad, but then it, they start demonizing him. And so you see inconsistencies like that. Oh, believe all the holy scriptures. Oh, but you can't, though, because they've been corrupted. Well, wait, this was written after they've supposedly been corrupted. So how – why would it say to believe in that? You know what I mean? Like it doesn't make any sense. Um, 
and that's something like Richard Minza that was on. He that was a point that he kept bringing up. Well, the sense that it makes is that Gabriel came to Muhammad just like Gabriel had come to Mary. So whatever Gabriel told Muhammad is now the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Well then, moving on. Yeah. Islam. That's Islam. Yeah, 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 that's Islam. Um uh Roughly. they deny the the deity of Jesus. He was right. a man. And they love him. He was him. a great man. Oh, they, they love him as they a prophet. They venerate him. Yeah, but yeah. but they do not he accept him as Christ. He was the last of a long line of prophets that includes, I think, it's Adam, Noah, Abraham, Moses, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. It's just he wasn't God. Right. That's what they believe. Um, which is huge. I mean, that's a that's that's a big problem. It's a deal um, breaker. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. So we've got. We got kind of the three sister religions. We've done that, right? Right, 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 right. Christianity, or what, or what people would Judaism, Islam. Right. Yeah, people would probably put them in that category. They're, they're pretty. One of the things as, as you talk to uh, uh, Jewish people or, or uh, uh, Muslims, um, they're close. There are things that they believe. Uh, you don't have to start from scratch. Right. But that. Can but sometimes make it Jesus. harder. Right. But. You do have to go to Jesus. Yeah. 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 Now, equally, there are segments of Islam that follow Isa the Messiah. Isa HaMessiah. Uh, they are culturally Muslim, but they believe in Jesus the Messiah. They accept uh, the New Testament but, in its totality. But isn't that so interesting, um, you know, that the New Testament tells us, you know, go make disciples of every tribe, yeah. tongue, nation, yeah. you know. And so, like, that makes sense. Like, yeah, we're still going to live like we've, you know, we're still going to have some of the cultural stuff we've always right. had. Yeah. But Jesus is king now. We're going to listen to his commands. That's you know right. what I mean? That's like, right. And that's so interesting that the Jews can hang on to their culture yet still and proclaim Christ still as Messiah and live. Jesus as yeah, Messiah. And the, the Muslims can do the same thing they and become Christians. Right. I don't want to say Muslim people. Um what would I say at that point? Yeah. Oh, they're Muslim people. But, I mean, but culturally, Muslim culture. but culturally. Okay, yeah. I get that. But uh, Islam, yeah, I mean, we we tend to demonize Islam and we look at one small segment of it, which is the jihadist movement and, and Oh yeah. Uh, uh, you know, the violent uh, movement. Uh, most of their violence are actually committed against other Muslims, not right. against Christians. Right. And uh, that's not what we're talking about. Not we're at all. talking about uh, the, the, the people who are trying to believe and trying to obey God. They have come to realize that Jesus is also God. Uh, they just like the. Just like the believers in the first century struggled with the idea of one God, and yet you've got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They worked through it in the first century. We have Jewish people working through it today. We have Islamic people working through it today. They are truly our brothers and sisters. When a, when a, when a Muslim accepts the Lord, he doesn't have to throw away his robes and his sandals and put on a 
put on jeans and a and a and a, and a sweater vest. And right? she doesn't have to ditch the yarmulke. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. They can still be culturally Jewish or Islamic, right, and yet follow Esau the Messiah. Right, right, one hundred percent. So. Uh, with those three out of the way, those those are those are kind of the the the, the easy ones to differentiate. Yeah. But then I think we've got to move on to some that that we may be less aware of. Um, and I I'll just kind of start at the top. Um, Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay. We often see Jehovah's Witnesses, um, out handing out tracts and trying to. To teach people about the what they believe. magazines. Right, right, right. Uh, sometimes, do they go door to door? They used to. That's what I thought, but I think it's mostly Mormons now from what I understand. Really? Uh, yeah, or I, I don't know. It, I mean, it just that seems used like... to be a big thing. I've had visits from uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Um, but it's been a long time ago. It's been in the 80s. So the Jehovah's Witnesses uh, are also known as the Watchtower Movement. Um, they... Worship uh, God the Father alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, they deny the deity of Christ, and they view the Holy Spirit as an impersonal force of God right. um, rather than a person. They believe that Jesus is Michael the Archangel. They deny his bodily resurrection. They claim he was killed on a stake instead of a cross. They believe that his resurrection was simply a spiritual one to be compared to the spiritual resurrection of the 144,000, which they believe are the only people going to heaven, and they are all Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, They believe that a spiritual second coming of Christ happened in 1914 and that he has been reigning on earth as king since then through the Watchtower Movement. They deny the Trinity as a satanic lie and say that salvation comes through works and strict obedience to the Watchtower Movement. The interesting thing to me about the Jehovah's Witnesses is um, from what interactions I can find between like apologists that I like to watch, like Jeff Durbin from Apologia Radio, um, they seem to be, or at least some of them seem to be, pretty quick to admit that they don't believe the same as Christians, which is, you'll see in a bit, is kind of an interesting thing that they're so quick to be like, yeah, we don't believe you. But they do say that they believe the Bible. Yes. But they have a different Bible. They do? Yes. Which is a problem. Mm -hmm. It actually changes the way things are written to accommodate their view. So back in the day, back, back in the 80s, I was in uh, Toronto, Canada, and a uh, lady came to the door. I'm pretty sure that they had a map that they all followed. They were Jehovah's Witnesses. And I'm pretty sure they put our apartment on the map, and they started and said, make sure you visit these people, because <laughs> they'll talk to you, because I would. I'd, 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 I'd talk to them, hoping to be able to, to maybe help uh, some of them. And uh, we talked about a number of different things. Uh, they do have a different Bible. Uh, they say their Bible is a more literal translation of the Greek. Um, one of the ladies was there. I happen to be in doctoral studies in uh, Canada, in New Testament. So uh, she said, uh, well, uh, Greek, I talked about John 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. And she said, well, it really doesn't say that. It says... Uh, in the beginning, um, the word was 
a God, divine. Yeah. So I said, excuse me. I went in the other room and I pulled out my Greek New Testament. I handed it to the lady and I said, show me. <laughs> and she said, well, I don't actually read Greek. That's what my pastor told me. I said, ah, I read Greek. Let me show you. <laughs> Uh, the next week, the pastor was at the door. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. They do have a different translation of the Bible, and the translation modifies much of what we say. Now, uh, having said that, they will frequently tell you, we don't believe in the Trinity because the word Trinity doesn't occur in the Bible. Right. And, and they're it right. doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. But the question is, does Jesus ever make the claim that he is God? And I believe he does. Absolutely, over and over again. Um, Very simply, uh, with Thomas after his resurrection, Jesus appears to Thomas, and Thomas says, My Savior, my Lord, and my God. I told this lady that. And she said, well, Thomas was just surprised. He saw Jesus standing there, and he said, oh, my Lord, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you have some other crazy stuff, like John eight fifty eight. Truly, truly, I tell you, Jesus declared, before Abraham was born, I, I am, am, which is the divine name, which is the name that no one would use for themselves. Because that's the name of Yahweh, the one true God, and Christ just used it as his own right, name. Right. You have that. He constantly refers to himself as the Son of Man, right. which is the prophetic vision that Daniel, Daniel has. The Son of Man is... Is God. Divine. Right. It's, right. it's the divine God, and, and he's referring to himself as the Son of Man, which is something I've also seen... Uh, Muslims have a really hard time with. They're like, he keeps calling himself son of man. Why wouldn't he say son of God? And it's like, no, that is the thing. Like that is the claim, you know? Um, And so, yeah, it's kind of that similar thing. The semantics start to get in the way. And it's like, no, when you really dig down underneath it, it's so apparent. And I think it's uh, John 5. They began to pick up stones to uh, stone Jesus because he made the claim that God was his own personal father, making himself equal to God. Yeah. And that is literally what John 5 says. Yes. So they picked up stones to uh, stone him for blasphemy. Right. Right. They wouldn't be stoning him for blasphemy if he wasn't making a divine claim. And they understood that very clearly. Exactly. So Jesus makes the claim. Paul and others make the claim. I do the Jehovah's Witness also say that Paul and Peter corrupted Jesus' teaching? I'm not sure. I don't. Okay. Not that I saw, but maybe. Okay. Okay. I, I don't know enough about that part. Um, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm seeing quotes here from. But yeah, I mean, there there are also other holes in the Jehovah's Witnesses. I I mean, like here's the thing about all these groups we're going to talk about. I think it'd be really fun if we could go through and talk about their the- like do like individual case studies on each of these religions and just talk about what do they believe, why do they believe it, and then why is that counter to Scripture? Um, I think that would be really helpful, but I I don't necessarily want to go down that rabbit hole right now. There are probably other podcasts out there that do that. Sure, sure. Um, My thing, though, is if we're talking apologetics, that's part of it. So I don't know, maybe. Um, Mormonism. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. 
This one is wild. Um, now, Mormons would very clearly say that they are Christian. Oh, 100%. They, get, they had, get mad when you tell them they're not. Right. I've had conversations with Mormons, and that's usually the starting point. Uh, we are brothers. We are... Uh, well, they're... Right off the top, they're polytheists. Um, and so, yeah. I mean, they kind of look <laughs> at everybody as their brother, you know? Like, it, it's not really... they. They do believe they're Christians. They do believe they're following what Scripture says, but they don't. Anytime I've ever seen anybody practicing apologetics with Mormons, they they don't want to listen. They don't want to let you actually talk about what the Scriptures say okay. because they know you're going to start refuting things. Um, that's how it happens over and over again in every video I've watched. Um, but to get right down from the top here, um, they believe that that the fa- they do worship the father father god right but they believe that he was once a man and yes. that he worshiped a god on a different earth <laughs> and so they believe that um he was once a man that became greatly exalted by worshiping his god through his devotion he became a god and those who follow him now that he's god can become exalted to the god uh, to godhood as well, um, and so they believe that that anybody that will follow him, uh, basically, I mean, the way I understand it, it's not just through the Mormon faith. I mean, I think they think that's the most clear cut way, but I think from what I understand, they they actually see other routes, other pathways to that as well. Um, so they believe that Jesus also was a man who became God. Yeah. I've, I've got a... Yeah. Okay, this is excerpts from an address to the Harvard Divinity School in 2001 by a former dean of religious education at Brigham Young University. So mm-hmm. this is a Mormon... At and, a Mormon university. At a Mormon university, although he's at Harvard when he gives this address. Okay. And the subject of the address is, what do we believe about Jesus? In it, he says, uh, we believe the accounts of Jesus' life and ministry recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament to be historical and truthful. Uh, For us, the Jesus of history is indeed the Christ of faith. While we do not believe the Bible to be inerrant, complete, or the final word of God, we accept the essential details of the Gospels. Now, this fellow goes on at length to talk about uh, new revelations. Mm -hmm. He says, first of all, the whole New Testament is a new revelation for the Old Testament. And the Pharisees were commonly saying, we have the law, we have the prophets, we don't need more. Yeah, they believe the law has been completed or or done away with by Jesus, right? Right, right. He goes on to say, we believe Jesus is the Son of God the Father, and as such, inherited powers of Godhood and divinity from the Father. So Jesus becomes God. It's diminishing Jesus' divinity. It goes deeper than that, though. Do you know know what they believe about, like, why we're here? You kind of have to go there for it to all make sense. No. Uh, (laughs) This is where it gets goofy. Um, so they believe that God, 
Father God and his heavenly wives, right, or heavenly wife, okay. um, had sex and created spirit children, okay? Um, now, this is all in what they would refer to as the preexistence, okay? That God and his heavenly wife had had, had literal, literally bore children, right? And they were the spirit offspring, the spirit children. Um, two of those children were Jesus and Lucifer. So Jesus and Lucifer are brothers born by heavenly father and his heavenly wife having sex and having these kids. So Jesus was a created being as – and honestly, we all were too is what they believe. Because what they believe is everybody that exists right now existed in the preexistence. Okay. Okay. We are all spirit children byproducts of mommy God and daddy God doing their thing. And we all exist because of that. Okay. And that what happened was Jesus obeyed the will of God, but Lucifer chose to go his own route. And in the process took one third of the spirit children with him and they became, he became Satan and they became the demonic host. And then the other two-thirds of us, some of us chose to be obedient. Others were kind of fence-sitters in the situation. Mm -hmm. Well, all the obedient and all the fence-sitters are now on earth, okay? And now we have the option to become priests to God through the the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But if you were a fence-sitter... You were marked as a person of color in this life. That if you're black or Latino or Asian or whatever, if 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 you are any of that, you are you never made that decision in the previous life, and so you had what is the word they use? You lacked valor in the preexistence, and so you were barred from the priesthood until 1978 when they had a revelation yeah. and and said oh wait actually now you can be priests i remember that i mean i lived through that and i remember a big change in the mormon church uh i remember it because i lived in latin america by that time and uh they opened a temple they have a certain number of temples in the world and they put one in colombia and announced that uh, the door to heaven was now open to people of color. Incredible. Before that, it wasn't. No. Well, I would argue that it still isn't because it's all make believe. But you know, well. what? <laughs> <I mean, laughs> whatever. Um. <laughs> now that's one thing. As I was reading about this, they did say, "Be careful what you read by Mormon authors." Because if there are experts at revisionist history, they are it. They rewrite their own history in positive lights. But the early Mormon church was not a... uh, There were huge major issues. For sure. For sure. Um, And it's salvation by works. Yeah. Yeah. it, and they don't claim that. They claim it is by grace. Here's actually what they say. They say, be reconciled to God, for it is by grace that we are saved after all we can do. Yes. Yes. After and that all is a, we can that do. That is actually a quote. Yeah. 
Is that Brigham Young or is that? Uh, yeah, that's Brigham Young. Yeah. Uh, this guy quotes Brigham Young too. Yeah, it, it seems like their religion comes in these chunks too. It's like with each new leader, yeah. now you've got these new revelations. Right, right, right. Um, they also very clearly say that what Jesus taught was good and accurate, and then it was corrupted. Okay. Yeah, then Paul, Peter, and the early church uh, twisted it and invented the Trinity and invented the other ideas, and yeah. Huh. So. Interesting. Yep. Okay. So that that's Mormonism. Um, they crush the divinity of Christ. Well, they don't crush it. They, they destroy the uniqueness. Anyone yeah, can yeah, do this. Yeah, anybody can do this. There right. are many gods, even though Scripture says, I know of no gods before me and there will be none after me. Now, I suppose you could make the claim that, that God is simply stating uh, not necessarily literally gods, because we have talked about sons of God, that there are many, many Elohim, many gods. Right, right. But there is only one unique God. And even in stating, I know of none before me and none after me, he's still making a claim to his uniqueness, yeah. that I am the one, I am it. That in, From the Old Testament, uh, we see that. We see his uniqueness, that he is set apart from all other gods. And so like, even if there are other little g-gods, if Heiser's theory is correct... That doesn't change any of this. There is one unique God that has been from eternity to eternity, and they're crushing that. They're they're changing that and saying, yeah. "No, he used to be a man." It's not, like, yeah, no, 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 not no, really, no. not really. He's... That's that, no, <laughs> he's it. He is the center of everything. He's the beginning and the end. Um, so that's that's Mormonism. Did you have anything else there? No, not really, not okay. really. I mean, there's other things there. Like you said, if we looked at Mormonism as Mormonism, there's an awful lot more oh to talk about. But just talking about their view about Jesus, sure, eh, that's it. Yeah, um, Christian Science. <laughs> so <laughs> there's this old joke that Christian Science is a lot like grape nuts because it is neither Christian, <laughs> Christian nor, nor Science, science. <laughs> um, and I love that. <laughs> And it's like, as soon as you dig in, as soon as you start reading about it, like, here's the funny thing. Like, all the other ones we've talked about, there seems to be, like, some similarity of, like, oh, it feels like a lot of these ideas are coming out of the same pool, you know? And then you get to Christian science. It's just all over the place. It's unique. It is It is unique. It is that. Um, they deny the deity of Christ. He was just a man, right? Um, what what Christian science really boils down to is a few pretty simple concepts. Um, it's really the New Age. It's the New yeah, Age movement. It's kind of the start of the New Age, almost. It may well. New Ageism may have developed out of. I, I would go, I would say New Ageism developed out of Hinduism originally or Buddhism, okay. but I think where Christianity started getting maybe dissolved into. Okay. The New Age, may, you might be able to make that claim. It okay. started here. Um, it just started like 100 years ago. All it's of not, these. Yeah. All of these are like less than 300 years. Sorry, all right. the last couple well, ones. Well, like, is, Islam Islam's is, old. And Judaism is older Judaism is older than Christianity. <laughs> Islam, well, that's confusing because Judaism and Christianity are yeah, they're kind really, of the same thing. It is. Um, it is. In ways. Um 
yeah, Islam happened what uh, six seven hundred years yeah. after the fact, and then you've got uh, a thousand years goes by. Yeah, and now all of a sudden everybody's like, ah, oh, we need to start changing everything. <laughs> um, you've got maybe a hundred and fifty years ago, something like that with Christ. Oh, sorry, sorry, eighteen seventy nine, eighteen seventy nine. Okay, um, and so then, yeah, one hundred fifty years. Man, did I write down on Mormonism? 1830 for Mormonism. Okay. Jehovah's Witnesses was late 1800s, if I remember right. Um, and so really, you're, you're seeing this kind of emergence of all these. Uh, the big thing with Christian science is the claim that God is all. Okay? He's almost a consciousness. He's almost like – it's almost like Brahman – in the New Age movement, oh, okay. where it's like this kind of distant, unthinking, unfeeling God that you can kind of tap into, and it's almost like a power. It's like the Force. This is like Star Wars stuff. A lot of these have a very distant God. Islam, Islam, oh, very is much a, so. It's, yeah. yeah, he has removed himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a huge difference. We might right, – let's right, jump back right. and point that out. Christianity, Judaism, it's a very personal involved Judaism God. is a very personal God. Islam yeah. is a very distant, detached God. Um, this is a very distant, detached God. Okay. This is um, – basically they, they deny sin. They deny sickness and they, devi- they deny physical matter um, – that all of these things are just manifestations of of your thought. Um, that man is actually a manifestation of God's perfect thought, and that if we're sick, we just need to think ourselves healthy. If we're sinners, we need to think ourselves sinless. Wow. If we, yeah, we we have to. It's all about manifestation. It's it's, it's totally the new age. How's that work for him? <laughs> Generally, I'm gonna have to say not so hot. Um, but yeah, they, they view the mortal mind as an error. That that it's kind of it's kind of gnostic. That, okay. That, okay. That yeah. the physical, that the flesh, it's all this. It's holding you down. Yeah. It's a construct yeah. that you've created, and and you're allowing it to shape your reality. When you just need to let your consciousness manifest the truth that you want into the world, and they believe that Jesus was a man that had kind of developed God's consciousness, that he okay. was like perfectly in tune right. with God. And so like the way they even read scripture is like they'll like cherry pick scriptures and like have you just read like this scripture, this scripture, this scripture, and they'll kind of – it's like a – I don't know, choose your own adventure with the Bible and uh, that they kind of craft for you and then they like send that to you to read is how I understand it. Um yeah, I mean, I, there's not a lot about this one because it. First of all, I don't think it's a huge movement. Not anymore. I think there was a time when it was. Yeah, but it's kind of something that you said about how it, we we skipped over a thousand years. We really didn't. We have had cults all along. Sure, but they live and they die. Live and they die. Yeah, Christian well, science may be in its death throes. Pair that with the fact that anytime something like that would pop up over, I don't know, the last two thousand years, for a good chunk of that, the Catholic Church was in charge, and they'd probably just they'd kill, kill you. Kill them. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's literally living you die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you just probably didn't do a whole lot of that then. Um, 
Yeah, that's Christian Science. Not not a lot to it. Uh, it's just kind of funny because the name would suggest that it is yeah. Christian, and it is so like far. Just like grape nuts. It's just like grape nuts. <laughs> it's neither grape nor nut. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. Um, and this is this one is maybe the hardest one for me. This last one, um, because I know a lot of people in it. Yeah, and it's so close. And yet deceptively different. And that and it makes it hard. Um because I I think at the end of the day, you have to call this one heresy. Um it's the oneness Pentecostal movement. Um the it's also known as the United Pentecostal <laughs> Church International. Um, it's also known as apostolic Pentecostalism or okay. modalism. You don't hear that one a lot. Is this the one that when it started it was called the Jesus Only Movement? I don't know. It's I mean, so Pentecostalism started on uh, what's well, the Pentecostalism Azusa started, Street or uh, whatever? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Azusa Street revival. So the Jesus Only? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This would. Pro- Are you talking about being baptized in the name of Jesus only? Um. Back in the 70s, there was a group that called themselves Jesus Only, and they were Pentecostal, and they were Unitarian. They believed only in Jesus. Yeah, this is it. Okay. Uh, re- yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it. Okay. Um, in 1913 in California. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. the one. Um, and, so- and they go to the uh, Transfiguration, where after the voice of God speaks, this my beloved son that... The cloud was removed, and the disciples saw Jesus only. Mm. Now, the context is they didn't see Moses and Elijah, but they took that as their name then. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, well, since morphed into this. Yeah, I mean, they, there's a lot more of why they believe what they believe. Um, they deny the Trinity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They do not believe that God exists as three persons, no. the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right. They believe in the oneness of God in a very literal sense. We believe in the oneness of God as Protestant believers. We believe that there is one God who presents himself through three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the Trinity. Um, It's outside of our realm of thinking. It's outside of all logic. It's outside of all understanding. But it's incredibly biblical. It's all throughout it. You can't deny it. For 2,000 years, nobody did deny it. <laughs> right. Well, right. very few people denied it. Um, <laughs> the ones who did were killed. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, but So now you've got the oneness Pentecostal movement. Um, they deny the Trinity. They believe that God cannot exist as three separate persons. They state that the Father became Jesus and that God acts as the Holy Spirit to interact with man. They claim that when Jesus is speaking to the Father, it's merely his human side speaking with the divine side. Okay. Interesting. Uh, baptism is to be done in the name of Jesus only. Um, if you're baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it is not a legitimate baptism. Huh. And they believe if one is not baptized, then they cannot be forgiven and enter the kingdom of heaven. Wow. Um, they believe that you're not saved until you speak in tongues. And once you're baptized, you can receive the gift of tongues. Okay. But that you don't you may go forever and not actually receive it and unless you have that gift of tongues you are not saved 
Um, okay. What else? Oh, they put a high standard on works-based salvation. Um, it's almost like a maintenance of salvation. Not that you have to work to receive it, but you have to work to maintain it. Okay. Um, we we would probably deny that, right? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it, but it's kind of hard when you say, like, this is where it gets difficult for me. We had our whole conversation about can you lose your salvation. Right, right, right. And right. so it's like, well, if you can, then what's, how do you lose it? You see right, what I'm saying? Right, yeah. And so, like, that's where it gets hairy for me where I'm like, yeah, I just don't think you can. Um, but um, – yeah, they do believe you have to work to maintain it. Wow. Okay. And so where that gets difficult is it sounds like we're talking about the same Jesus. It sounds like we're talking about a lot of the same stuff. We're talking about speaking in tongues. Cool. That happened in the Bible. That happened to believers. Jesus said, get baptized. Great. We believe that. You should do that. We don't believe that you have to be baptized to be saved. It doesn't say that. Um, yeah, that's an argument. You can make that argument, but right, right. Uh, we, we, we. This one's in interesting, Trinity. though, because they do it's believe so that Jesus close. is God. It's so close. It's just it. It's different enough in ways that are vastly important. Yeah, like it's tough. It and and the limits they stick on salvation are huge. Absolutely have to be baptized or you can't be saved. Well, what about the thief okay. on the cross? Absolutely have to speak in tongues or you can't be saved. Well, the, I would say the vast majority of Christians through the history of time have not spoken in tongues. Like that's just not in the Bible. You can't go putting limits like that on things. It's heretical. To deny the Trinity is heretical. That's That's orthodoxy. But I can see what they're doing. They would probably say we're not denying the Trinity. We're just saying we're we're saying God the Father is God and Jesus the Son is God and the Holy Spirit is God. It's just at different times. You're talking about a different God. You're talking about a much smaller God. You're talking about a God that isn't capable of presenting himself as three persons because that's their argument is it's illogical and it's impossible. You're putting limits on God. Like, I get why I don't, I don't know, man. This one's hard for me. It's really hard for me, man. And it's really hard for me, too, because I, okay, so like my girlfriend's family members, half of her family are apostolic Pentecostals. So, like, I I see them all the time. One of my good friends, I will say, I don't know, we were friends. Uh, I cut his hair for a long time. Uh, We would always argue. He was, he was oneness Pentecostal. Okay. So I'd always argue with him. And the last time I cut his hair, the day after he died in a mo- motorcycle accident. Oh, my goodness. And, like, that has bothered me forever because it's like I know that dude truly believed what he said he believed. But at the end of the day, it's like this is a different gospel, dude. Like this is a different yeah. gospel. This is not how you're yeah. saved. I don't know. It's rough. There are other cults and other sects that uh, we could talk about. Tons. Probably enough that... I stopped would... myself. Yeah. This, this, yeah. this is a big oh. book. <laughs> that's, that's... And, and this one, the uh, cults and new religions, uh, there's... I didn't even count up the, the number, but um, there's two full pages of it. 
Oh, it's got that one. What's that? That that uh, started just the way international uh, started just about twenty miles from where I grew up. Ooh. I knew people who were in that uh, New Knoxville, Ohio. Anyway, what's uh, the one with Mother God? Is that it? No, I don't think so. Okay, no. Okay, that's a that's a crazy one. I listened yeah. to a, yeah, I listened to a, a, a talk about that once. There's so many. There's so many cults. So why is this important? Here's the real center of apologetics. Our, our, our need isn't to know what everybody else believes. Our need is to know what the Bible says so that when we hear something that is not what the Bible says, we go, hey, that's not that what the Bible says. fishy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're supposed to perk up. But the problem is we don't know our Bibles well enough. And so for most of my life, I went around thinking Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons thought like I did and that they were going to heaven and that we were all on the same page. They were just kind of different from what I believed. And it's like, no, like it is a heretical movement. It's totally different from what Scripture says. It's not the same gospel. It's not the same Jesus. And that's where it all boils down to. Is it so the same Jesus? So let's talk about that a little bit. What does the Bible say? So let me find my... Awesome verse here. Uh, I've got a couple. I've got uh, Galatians 1, uh, 6 through, let's see here, 9. I'm astonished Mm -hmm. that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all, which gospel means good news. So he's saying you're turning to a different good news, which is no good news at all. Um, evidently some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the good news of of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. And what is God's curse? I mean... (laughs) It's damnation. Yeah, it's hell. Yeah, I mean, like, if somebody's going to tell you a different curse, then let them be damned to hell, is what yeah. they're saying here. I mean, that's, that's, those are not just, oh, you know, well, they're a little different. No, like, Paul's <laughs> like, no. This is serious this is business. a big yeah. deal. Um, Second Corinthians 11, 3. Let's see here. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll just start at 11. I hope you will put up with me in a little foolishness. Uh, yes, please, put put up with me. I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes to you and preaches a a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, Hmm. or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. I mean... Now, Paul lays out three things there. What do you believe about Jesus? What do you believe about the Holy Spirit? What do you believe about the gospel? Is it different than what we've been preaching? Okay. Well, that's not good, and you shouldn't just be like, oh, well, that's fine. Like, when he says you put up with it easily enough, I mean, he's basically just saying, like, and you're just kind of like, yeah, like, 
<laughs> That's fine. It's like, like Paul is reaching through the scroll and grabbing them by the robe yeah. and shaking them, saying, stop it. Like, he's upset. He's yeah. really bothered by oh, this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and it just keeps happening. And that's just it, is like, I know it can feel like we're picking on these groups of people here. Yeah. And and people that might be listening to this might be saying, well, there's tons of denominations yeah. that all think differently. Right. And it's like, but not about who Jesus is. Like, that's the thing about the Baptists, the Southern Baptists, the Nazarenes, the Methodists, mm-hmm. the Wesleyans, the the Pentecostals that aren't apostolic. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, because that's it. We're not picking on Pentecostalism as a whole. We're picking right. on a sect of Pentecostalism. Um, you name it. There are tons, tons of denominations that we can stand, the Calvinists, we can stand by them and say, you're my brother, you're my sister, you know Jesus Christ. Because of what they believe about Jesus, because what they believe about the Holy Spirit, what they believe about salvation. Exactly. There's not significant difference. Exactly. And it's like, but, you know, the the Calvinists made say, well, you know, God, the way God chose who gets saved. Right. I don't right, agree right, right. with that. The way you – well, it doesn't really matter. It's like – it's conjecture. We're – yeah. We're talking about something that is not salvation. Right. We're talking about what goes on in God's mind exactly. before the fact. That I'm not going to understand that. that. Right. Or like, yeah, I mean, how I should dress on Sunday morning, stuff like that. I mean, yeah. that, that stuff like that comes up. But it's like we still believe in the same God. We believe in the same salvation and the same gospel. And that's the heart of it. And, and what we're talking about here is these groups we've named don't. And that's... That's the worry, the difference, and so we need to love those people and help them. What what verses did you have picked out? Well, Randy? yeah. So I was I was drawn to two passages. First one, uh, let's look at Corinthians one, uh, from verse fifteen to verse twenty, and uh, the the Bible that I have uh, actually sort of sets it apart. It puts it almost like a song. Mm-hmm. It's like poetry yeah, because yeah. it is. In Greek, it has uh, it has rhythm. It doesn't have rhyme. Rhyme isn't important in Greek, but but the meter, the rhythm, it's kind of like uh, Shakespeare. You know the yeah yeah uh, iambic pentameter. <laughs> um, it, it is very clearly a poem, and a lot of people think this is a song that Paul is quoting here, hmm. a song that would predate Paul and go back to the first 10 or 15 years after the resurrection of the Lord, people were trying to make sense of Jesus, his resurrection, his claim of divinity in an atmosphere where people four times a day would stand, look at the horizon, and say, uh, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. The Lord my God, the Lord is one. There is one God. That's the foundation of everything that I believe. There is one God. There's not hundreds of gods out there. There's just one. And now Jesus says, hey, I am too. (laughs) So what do you do with that? Here's what they did with it. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created. He's supreme over all creation. Through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things that we can't. 
see. Thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities in the unseen world, uh, the divine council. <laughs> Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else. He holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He's the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Man, you, you don't get any more foundational than that. Yeah. Pre-existent, he is God, he is divine, co-equal with God, same essence, same being. Paul goes on and he says, it's actually Christ who created everything. So that when we see God walking in the garden with Adam and Eve, that's Jesus. He was he was there at the creation of everything. Second passage is Philippians chapter 2. Again, it's another poem. And this one kind of gets at his humanity. Though he was God, this is Philippians 2 from 6 to 11. Though he was God, he didn't think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him a name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow on heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's Jesus' humanity and explains how God can become a man. Yeah. At a friend, uh, I, I mentioned him already in this podcast. I uh, went to Israel to visit this friend. His name is, his birth name is Eduardo. Um, he made Aliyah. He is Jewish by heritage. His last name is Lowenthal, which is grandfather left Germany. Uh, right around 1935, I wonder why. This guy is like <laughs> a melting pot within himself. He this is. is wild. His grandfather went to Argentina, and then his father moved to Brazil. So he grew up in Brazil with a good Portuguese name, Eduardo. He uh, came to Jesus. Uh, he, he became a Messianic Jew in Brazil, met his wife, uh, also a Messianic Jew at a youth camp. They married, came to the States where he worked for a number of years with Jews for Jesus. And uh, then they made Aliyah, went back to Israel so that he could literally live there as a Jew, but as a missionary and share with them the news of the Messiah. He told me he was, there, there was a young girl that was going to his church and uh, she made a decision for Christ, so they were going to baptize her. So uh, Moshe, he took the name Moses, Moshe, went to the girl's father and said, nah, I want you to understand what we're doing, he explained. And the father said, that's okay, that's okay. 
And Moshe said, do you understand? He said, I really don't, but I'd like to. I'd like to understand what my daughter's doing. So Moshe began to meet with him every week, began to share the gospel with him. And uh, after about six, seven weeks, Moshe said uh, to this fellow, would you like to accept the Lord? He said, you know, I'd really like to, but I just can't. Because it just doesn't make sense. How can man be God? And Moshe, with a stroke, I think, of, of divine wisdom, said, oh, that's where you're wrong. Man didn't become God, but God, who is all-powerful, became a man. The guy thought, and he said, oh, I can believe that. Yeah, I think I do believe. And he came to the Lord. That's what this is talking about. God giving up his divine rights and becoming one of us. That's how you have Jesus, fully God, and Jesus, fully man. He wasn't a man who became God. He was a God who chose to give up his divine prerogatives and walk among us. That's kind of what separates us from everybody else. I want to get this verse right. Um... Then Jesus said to his disciples, "Assuredly, I say to you, that it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven." When his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, "Who then can be saved?" But Jesus looked at them and said to them, "With men this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible." <laughs> And I just find over and over again that with so many of these groups that deny the deity of Christ, that deny the possibility of the Trinity, that deny all these things, they start trying to make things impossible for God. Yeah. And nothing is impossible for God. Yeah. Yeah. We got we to gotta accept that truth first, I think. Yeah. Hmm. And that's hard to accept sometimes. Sure. It's uh, probably the, the root of a lot of our problems. <laughs> it makes us lesser. Right. Yeah, there's a verse about that. Too. Ultimately, <laughs> we are. <laughs> hey, guys, thank you so much for listening to Salty Saints Podcast. Uh, if you've got questions for us, hit us up at saltysaints at becomehope.com or questions at becomehope.com. And until next time, stay salty. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air. They're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.